Chris Landry on Twitter. At Landry Football, check out the website, LandryFootball.com. All kinds of great stuff, NFL, college, and more. Inside the lines, outside. Chris says, uh, one more team, and then I've got some NFL questions for you. Uh, let's go to Georgia. You know, Vegas has Georgia as the favorite, as they should be, to win the national championship. Uh, they'll probably be the predominant favorite at SEC Media Days to win the SEC. You look at their schedule, uh, at least, you know, from 10,000 foot, you don't really see a whole lot of landmines here. Maybe Ole Miss uh, late in the year, maybe at Tennessee. Uh, we'll see what kind of game Florida can give them. We know how well Kirby Smart recruits. Uh, we know the roster talent on there, their quarterback situation. Somewhat of a question until we see it actually happen. What could be the one hiccup that happens to Georgia this year where they don't actually do what a lot of people feel like they can do, which is three-peats on and maybe ever? Well, it's, it's – um, I think the, the, the what could happen is – that this is a really good team, and it's at a pro, it's at a level where they don't need to be at their best to win pretty much all of their games. Um, if you look at it, you know Florida's not as good. Auburn's not there. I mean, it's just not that challenge. You mentioned Ole Miss. Um, if Georgia plays decently, you know that's a win. And Tennessee, Georgia plays decent, that's a win. So there's really two games that you would say that, as you mentioned, if they play poorly, you know, it could be in peril. The reality is they're going to be a prohibitive favorite and will likely, uh, and, and by the way, those games that we just talked about are in November. So everybody talks about the quarterbacks. I mean, anybody really needs to see how good the quarterback play is for them to beat South Carolina or Auburn or Kentucky? I, I don't. I mean, they're going to win those games either way. So how good can they be towards the end of the season at the quarterback position? Because those are the games that could make the difference uh, playing Alabama, uh, maybe playing LSU, whomever in the SEC championship game and in the playoffs. But I think what derails them is, okay, maybe they don't get as good a quarterback play. Maybe they're too reliant on the run game. Uh, and then maybe that's just not enough to win in the playoffs. The reality is Georgia – is where Alabama has been, uh, and, and I think Alabama kind of continues to be, and that is they're just a machine, and their their floor is kind of, well, they're going to make the conference championship game. And there's a good chance that if it's Georgia and Alabama or Georgia and LSU or something, that they probably don't need to win the conference to get into the playoffs because they're probably one of the four best. Now, are they good enough to win the two games? I mean, it's hard to say because we don't know who's going to be there, but I like their chances against a Michigan or a Ohio State or a USC or an Oregon. Or So I think they're good enough to win it all, but what if they're just not quite as good and they make some mistakes and turn the football over from the quarterback position? That's what could be maybe the difference between them being a national champion or, oh, a disappointment like, you know, they just, barely miss winning at all or maybe something happens i think the the disappointment would be if they don't win you know they don't if for some reason they don't make the conference championship game that would be one of the biggest surprises because their schedule relative to who they are uh it's almost an assurity that they win the east in my view chris landry on your radio monday edition of the program on twitter at landry football landryfootball.com chris moving over to the nfl a couple of uh, players out here with you know making headlines with moves or potential moves one deandre hopkins uh who obviously is a free agent now he, he was in tennessee yesterday 
uh, p- possible schedule to the Patriots. What is the right landing spot for him, and how how big of a value could he be for somebody? I still think he's got good football left in him. One of the difficulties, and I know fans kind of get frustrated because they think, well, great player. Well, why could it? Again, 30, uh, he's been relatively healthy, but you wonder at least putting my football executive hat on this is one of those things. How much are you going to pay a guy that potentially that you think maybe through the life of the next contract, say three years, is he going to be as durable? Is he going to be as productive? I think he's a better fit at a team that's a contender. Um, meaning, you know, I think that uh, he, if there's a drop off and he's willing to take a little bit less money to quote unquote win a title, then I think the Buffaloes and the Kansas cities make more sense for him. I don't know that there's enough of that in, of interest level by either one of those teams. Um, you know, New England with their quarterback situation could help. But is he the type that's going to be, because he wasn't real happy with Kyler Murray, and understandably so, but unfortunately he tends to put that out there publicly. I don't think that's something that, uh, which I know it wouldn't go well in New England and maybe some other places. Cleveland, that's a good team. It's a good defense. Got a chance. Got this quarterback that he's familiar with may put Cleveland in a position to be more of a contender in what is going to be a uh, bloodbath of a division in the AFC North. So those are some possibilities. The, the best fit, well, I can tell you where the – it depends on what the what is defined as the best. If he wants the most money, well, then I think that could be maybe somebody that's not as good of a contender. The best fit for him if he's going to win a title would be Kansas City because they know how to use those type of guys. He could, you know, uh, obviously get a lot of balls thrown his way, but also when – he dictates coverages that are, uh, you know, uh, focus his way, then there's other guys to make plays. And I think he's in a great position to maybe win a ring in Kansas City or Buffalo, maybe better than some other teams. Chris, Saquon Barkley is uh, at least speaking about a possible, you know, sit out, get on the sidelines this year if contracts don't go right. And uh, my producer, Beaver, was talking about it, and I totally forgot about Le'Veon Bell's hold out and when he sat out back I believe in 2018 and then it just never materialized for him after that um yep. this seems like a very bad idea and it, it you know from 10,000 feet obviously he's got a lot of people around him that would be Barkley that's going to advise him to do one thing or the other but uh, are we to a point where I think NFL backs need to kind of reassess their value as a football player they're not going to get quarterback money they're likely not going to get some of this receiver money um that seems like a very very risky move for Saquon Barkley if he does that yeah, and, and and I don't. He's not going to do that. Uh, I think the reason why he's floating it out there and his agent and well, I mean, he's done it. He said it himself. You're right. He, but it's been also floated out by his agent, not happy with this, and he used the opportunity to come out and speak on it himself for one reason. He'd like to get a better offer for the Giants on a long term deal. They put the they put the tag on him. He's going to play under the tag because it's really no option. The other option you just alluded to, sitting out. Well. That means, you know, just so people know, you set out, that means you got zero money. So, um, yeah, you want the bigger money, and everyone does. But I think that by saying it, it it's a way to maybe kind of indicate to them and hope to get them to the negotiating table so that he can maybe get a deal that's um, with some upfront money. And, and maybe it's a you know meet halfway, and maybe it's a two- or three-year deal with some incentives in it. 
that may be a little bit more palatable with some upfront money. Um, those are the those are the kind of the techniques that the player slash agent tend to do behind the scenes or in the case of the player um, publicly to try to get guys to the negotiating table. But you mentioned Le'Veon Bell; it, 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 it's a, it was a disaster for him. It wasn't; it was a disaster. You just have only so many you know years in your body. Now realize if you don't play, and that's that's what everybody said. That's what everybody told me back then. Oh, but look, Le'Veon, he's going to save his body for a year. <laughs> and then there's another wave of guys, and they're just going to say, Le'Veon who? We'll just move on to the younger version of Le'Veon. You've got to get as much as you can. That's what the player and his agent has to do. But, yeah, you've got to have an understanding of it. I think with him is that he he just is not happy with the tag number. He wants a little bit more security. So let's see if they can get to the negotiating table. If not, then he has no other option, I think, a realistic option, but to go play, play well, and get somebody to pay him some money next year because they won't tag him again next year. It's going to cost too much for that. Chris Landry on Mondays, 4 to 4.30. Find him on Twitter at LandryFootball. LandryFootball.com is the website. Chris, always appreciate your time. Have a great week. We'll do it again next week. Hey, thank you so much. Appreciate you.